This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And hey, we're just chilling. Let me let me crack a cold one. Hey. A cold one is a Diet Coke, P.S. Um, real quick. <laughs> are you faithful to Diet Coke or do you do you vibe with like some other brands, if you will? At home, I'm Diet Coke, but mm-hmm. if I go to a restaurant, I'm not going to be a dick. Like, if they're like, oh, we have Diet Pepsi, I'll be like, fine, just give it to me. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, the only thing about Diet Pepsi that I really like is, and I have to say, I got into this because of Karen Kilgariff. She got me into Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. Yeah, it is kind of the business. It's be- it is so fucking good. I think it's better than... I mean, I'm from Georgia. I can't believe I'm about to say this. They might evict me for saying this, but I think it's better than, like, cherry Coke. Oh, shit. Here comes the cops. I know. It's uh, it's it's very controversial that I think this, but I, um, I fucking love it. I have to agree, though. I got to agree, and I don't know what it is. And I also don't know how you make wild cherry-flavored anything also diet, because the sugar content in... The syrup has to be, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing some magic over there and they have cracked that fucking code. Yeah. And I will take it anytime it's on offer, but I yeah. prefer Diet Coke. I know. And I, I very rarely see it around here. I did see it. I, I was just like randomly browsing at Target and I found one dusty 12 pack. I mean, it was at bottom of the shelf, fucking dusty, like, like some somehow it was at the bottom of the stack and it was like all of the lettering had oh, ripped God. off on the top. I mean, it was like, and I fucking grabbed that shit. I'm sure it was Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. It wasn't like some ancient fucking demon <laughs> trying to trick you to opening a bottle so he can get free. <laughs> I mean, it was something like that. It was truly the skankiest looking 12 pack I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I don't fucking care. I haven't seen this shit in months so let me put it in my basket so i have some I, I will send you a 12 pack anytime you want oh well listen if you're in pepsi country and you can sneak that across the border for me hell yeah it would be such a delight i also know i don't know if you've ever heard of this brand but when i was in grad school in wisconsin i got turned on to a brand called Sprecker's. No, what? Sprecker's Cherry Cola is the best fucking soda this country has to offer. Okay. Period. Is it co- Sprecker's? How do you spell that? S-P-R-E-C-H-E-R apostrophe S. And you can order it. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. It is the best fucking soda this country has to offer. I know they do a cream soda. They do other flavors. 
cherry cola is the reason I got through fucking grad school. Wow, that's so fascinating. I I I do not see it. Okay, this is such bullshit. I I googled it. There there came a Target link that said it was available, and then when I went to the page, it was mm-hmm. not available. So I feel like it's not available in my my town. No, you got to go right to the website, the Sprecher's oh website, and they will send you a case of 24. And how do I know that? Because I've ordered it. Mm-hmm. Sprecher Brewery. Oh, I see. I see. Root beer. Best root beer in America. The root beer is dope, too. But I'm telling you, once you have one of their cherry colas, yeah, you are done for life. Is it diet? Do they do diet cherry cola? I don't believe so, but I've literally never looked because okay. whenever I have it, it's like a total treat. Okay, so it's going to be, I'm going to have to absorb the calories, but it's sometimes it's worth it. Come on. Let's yeah, and they've serious. got cans. They've got cans now, but I've only ever done the bottle. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I see. They're, holy shit. There's, it's $34 for a 12 pack. Yeah. Are you kidding it's, me right now? It's fucking worth it. I do it once a year. Wow. This must be some fucking tonic. I mean, $34 yeah. for a 12-pack of soda. Plus shipping. And here's the thing. It's going to be 50 bucks, but... <laughs> but they use, like, real Wisconsin ingredients, and it's all, like, natural ingredients. Yeah. And it's all, like, handcrafted. Yeah. So it's no, it... almost like you're ordering, like, an IPA. Yeah. Listen, I have done, at the very beginning of the pandemic, well, not the very beginning, it was like probably probably about like six or seven months after it really got going, and then I had already, you know, basically driven across the country to Florida. I had this wild hair in my ass, and I was like, I want Kofax delivered to my house, or my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And I tried that what is that service? Gold that, Belly. Gold Belly. And so I paid like $100 for like four <laughs> burritos. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. And it got to be honest, like, could have been better. I mean, it was frozen, yeah. which, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a little like, and they tell you, oh, here's how you like puff it back to life. It, it's not the same. It's not the fucking same, obviously. But no. I paid $100 for four burritos. So there you go. It'll do in a pinch, but it's not ever going to be the the real experience. And how do I know this? How do I? How was I able to have Gold Belly just right on the lips, ready to go? <laughs> I ordered New York bagels, Gold Belly, like at least once every four months. I would buy them and freeze them. So from from New York, so you had yeah. shipped to L.A. when you were living yeah, there. Yeah, when I was living in L.A. How was the quality? It was great. Oh, see. I should fucking do that shit. It was, but that was, that's because it's just bread. It's just bread. Right. Did you order from like Zaybars or where did you go? No. Oh, oh Zaybar, you can look, girl, I got all this shit on lock. Zaybars, you can get like a basket delivery or like a, you know, coffee and rugula and like they have that all year round ready to go. Okay. That you can just order. You're supposed to order them like as gifts for other people, but come on. Yeah. Oh, I know. you think I'm not ordering myself a Zaybars basket when I live in LA? It's happening. <laughs> I ordered Lou Malnati's deep dish pizza from <laughs> Chicago. I like my pair. I got my parents in on it. My sister in on it. I was like, we're gonna get like twelve of these fucking deep dish pizzas and spend like four hundred dollars, and I don't give a fuck. They're so good. That shit was good. Like that. No, no that issues is good. there. Yeah, 
That's deep dish pizza. Ordering pizza through Gold Belly always works because it's frozen, but frozen yeah. pizza comes back to life in a better yes. way. Yes. And I got to say, you can order through, um, well, it's actually kind of this like weird Chicago food service thing where it's like all your favorites from Chicago, you can like get delivered or whatever. And nice. I, I was basically like, okay, this seems legit. I don't know what's the deal with Gold Belly. I keep hearing that it's like basically industrial kitchens putting together like Kofax food. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. know. But the taste was a little off. And yeah. could have been just because it was frozen burritos. Those are weird. But, you know. Well, and I also kind of like, I didn't use it often. Like, the, I only allowed myself to use it a couple times a year because I'm like, do I really want to increase my carbon footprint to be this? Like, they're putting that shit on a jet across yes, country. I know. Like, am I going to be that asshole who's like flying bagels across country every month? Because I could have been. Like, yeah. you think I can't house 24 bagels in a fucking month? Yes. Think again. <laughs> Yes. But I had to, you know, th they became a treat that I would dole out to myself every once in a while for breakfast because I'm like, I can't be that person who's just ordering fucking bagels to have their own seat, first class seat on a fucking plane. Yeah, but a bagel is, oh, I'm going to say, I know. What I, I'm going to say what they don't want me to say, which is that the shit is important. Like, it is important Thank to have you. a good bagel. Thank you. And there's that one, there's one spot in LA that I don't even remember the name of the place. They had a passable bagel. It was near the um, Beverly Center in like that little strip mall. They had a passable bagel. That's true. Oh, is it like uh, not the Cantor's. bagel broker? Bagel Thank broker. You, that's right. Oh, I went to the fucking bagel broker many times. Yes. Yeah. It's passable, but they're yeah. a little flat and it tastes a little chewy to me. It's a little weird. Yeah, I know. And like, you know, I mean, when it comes right down to it, it's like. <sighs> I've like I have had to go to an Einstein Brothers, like mm. especially when I'm down in in my parents' part of the world. You, it just really hits the point home how important it is to like, and I'm I I don't want to I want I don't want carbon footprints. I don't want two sets of carbon footprints. One one, one when you. I was carrying you. <laughs> But, but do you know how heartbreaking it is to imagine you in line at an Einstein Brothers? Oh, it's unbelievably demoralizing. Like, the there's one near my parents' house that's like, they've just now are like, they don't let you order ahead. They don't let you Ooh. do anything. You basically have to go in there and deal with the incredibly surly employees that work there and they're just mean as shit like mean older ladies which i'm like you know at a certain point i'm like sure okay i i see you i understand this is a drag to be right. like working at a bagel shop with all these assholes that are like very particular about bagels right but it's like i don't know there's no convenience to it and it's, it's you can't even you yeah. have to basically sit in your decision is what i mean yeah, because you're like, if I could order ahead, I wouldn't have to do this. Like, we would all be happier if I could yes. just order ahead. And I used to work at a Brugger's Bagel when I first tried college in 1995. Uh-huh. I worked at a Brugger's Bagel. And my boss, my manager, was this, like, 22-year-old guy named Ben who was just high. He would come in hungover. Like, he had on the outfit. Like, he'd have on the blue button-down shirt and the khaki pants, but they were always, like, way too big. It looked like at the end of Big when Josh is walking in this little suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's like too big for him. Uh huh. He looked like just baggy, sagging, hungover. <laughs> like, uh, I can't, I'm basically, I can't tell what's worse a bagel shop run by surly older women or a bagel shop run by drunk young people. <laughs> Abs- absolutely the latter. The latter's worse. <laughs> Because here's the thing about older women, you know, they they will at a certain point, they do have pride in a job. Right. Like they, you know, may not like where they work. They don't like dealing with assholes, but they run a tight ship, mostly. Yeah. Uh, young people don't give a fuck about shit. He he puked in the pickle, the pickle tub once. He was so hungover. <laughs> like that's how much they don't give a shit. Like, he puked in it, and then he was just like, oh, I guess I should take care of that. And I'm like, you're damn straight ain't gonna make one of us take care of it, you fuck. Dude, do you remember going to work hungover? Ugh, God. God, I can't imagine. Never again. What were we thinking? I used to have to, I used to get drunk, go out and get drunk. I worked at a fucking cafe. I had to open that shit at 6 a.m., which meant I had to be there by at least 5.15, 5.30. I would have gone to bed two hours before I had to go to work. Yeah. And come to work kind of still drunk, (laughs) to be honest. Dude, I feel terrible now pretty much any time I drink. And, like, a couple weeks ago, you know, like, a group of us went to... (laughs) God, I'm a, I, I'm hesitant to even say what this is because you're gonna laugh because it's so southern and dumb. But we went to Uncle Shuck's Corn Maze. That is not a real place. It is a fucking real ass <laughs> that place. That is not a real place. Yeah, Uncle Shuck's. Uncle Shuck's I Corn Maze. Love a southern corn maze because oh they're God. just like, let's go with the most southern name we can think of. And it was like truly. It was like. A one-stop shop for every, like, stupid fall Southern thing. It was like... I love it. You have a corn maze, haunted and unhaunted. So you have two Ooh. different... You have, a, a like, a, a choice between the, the haunted one where they basically blow, <laughs> blow air horns at you. <laughs> I was like, so, unhaunted or stroke victims? I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna... The, Help me out with trying to figure out what the fuck this this concept was for this haunted corn maze. Okay, so, like, the, the regular corn maze actually is super long. It's, like, 3.4 miles. Okay, I'm like, look, I love a fucking corn maze. That That is way too involved. I was like, we are going to sleep in this maze. If we go into the non-haunted one, I was like, it's 3.4 miles? What the fuck? We're in the country? It's dark outside? Like, absolutely fucking not. So, the oh, haunted God. one. Okay, <laughs> I was a little like confused by this, and I need you to help me. So, it was the concept was. Ra- it was like some kind of weird, like global disaster where it, everything they like radio. There was like radioactive kids in the corn maze, and I was like, and and they had like a haunted laboratory. I'm like. There's a haunted laboratory inside of a cornfield. Does that make any what? fucking sense? They watched Night of the Comet one too many times. <laughs> like, and also, have they looked at the world? Why would you base your fucking haunted maze on a global disaster when we've been living in one for three years? I, I was like, I couldn't understand because I was like, okay, where are you? You're in, you're in a cornfield. Okay, why not do aliens? Why not Thank do you. something like? 
where where maybe corn was part of the story, but instead they were I like, would even take a Bigfoot. Yeah, I would Bigfoot. take a Bigfoot. Children of the corn, like something, yeah. like like something involving the environment that you're currently standing in. Instead, they were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna do our laboratory weird genetic shit." We're just going to put it in a cornfield. We're going to build a fake laboratory. It didn't make any fucking sense. Everyone was like, okay, suddenly you're walking through a lab that they just built in the middle. It was so stupid. But then the scares were truly just people blowing air horns at you. That is (laughs) an insane choice. That is an insane choice. I cannot, beyond the lab, which is just, you know, just one guy being like, no, it'll be cool. Like, he could not get off the idea and everyone got sick of fighting him, so they just yeah. did it. <laughs> to then be like, what's the scary part, though? We're going to have, like, some aliens hopping out or some radioactive kids hopping out? Like, no, we're going to blow air horns <laughs> at them as they pass? You would, they, they you walked into a lab and it was like, it was literally just like people standing there, like, with jars like maybe it's like jars and they were like ooh <laughs> and i was like this is so badly put together and listen it's the country it's uncle shucks corn maze whatever but i was basically like this is really bad i can't believe we paid as much money as we did to get into this joint and it was oh my God. super fucking far in the country <laughs> hence what ended up happening which is that we all like we got into a van. One of our friends knows somebody that drives, like, Sprinter vans for, like, production, you know? Nice. And yeah. we, like, fucking paid her money and said, take us up to the fucking country so we can do this, like, stupid, bad haunted house corn maze. And, you know, we brought a cooler and we're having some beers and some tip tops. I don't know if you ever had a tip top. Do they have tip tops up there? No. It's like canned cocktails. That's like a new thing. Oh, Ti- Lord. Tiny little tip-top things. And I don't really drink very much, if yeah. at all, these days. We've talked about that. And I swear, after fucking a couple of these things, I felt like fucking shit. Well, plus you're in a moving van. Yes. <laughs> you're like, I don't drink a lot. Let me just double down on how bad this could make me feel. Well, but it's like that thing where I'm like, I can't believe I went to work hungover because I swear to God, like, I can't even drink. And I just felt like so gross. Like, I was just like, I'm so gross. I feel like puffy. And I don't know, like my head hurts. And the whole next day I felt bad. And I was just like, can you imagine putting in an eight hour shift at Einstein Brothers or wherever? Fuck to the no. Fuck no. Oh, absolutely not. No, I can't. I'm not that I'm not that woman anymore. I've yeah. evolved. And I'm now a person where if I drink a glass of wine past my bedtime, I will have insomnia for two weeks <laughs> from one glass of fucking wine past 9 p.m. I'm like, I'm like an, a weird. It's like a middle aged gremlin. I'm like, don't give her wine after nine o'clock because that bitch will have insomnia for the next two fucking weeks. <laughs> Yeah, wine is a little, like, I was always very TBD with wine. And I always used to say it's because I was half Asian. So I was like, can't fuck with no wine. Like, I feel weird. It makes me feel super weird and, like, like I'm crawling out of my skin. Oh, no. I know. I feel like, I like, it makes me feel warm and chill, which I like. And it makes me giggle, which is great. 
Because I like that's uh, the only reason I drink is to laugh. Like I'm not trying to get like drown my. I'm not trying to drown my sorrows in wine. A hundred percent. Like if I have to drown my sorrows, I'll grab a glass of water or a cup of tea. I'm a grown ass woman at this point. Exactly. Right. But I will say, a mixed drink will send me straight to hell. <laughs> a, a mixed drink at this point in my life is basically me asking for someone to just like roll me up in a rug and throw me in the ocean. Oh yeah. Cuz that is how I will feel for the next week. Yeah. I the only time at, at this point that I enjoy a drink an alcoholic beverage of some kind is if I go to like a tiki bar. Nice. And it's because there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like it's mm-hmm. you know, you're not like I mean there's a difference between drinking a fucking canned cocktail which is just a express train to fucking headache land and like this beautiful bowl that yeah. has like a color scheme and like accoutrement and like you know it's very ornate and, and it comes a- with like your whole daily serving of fruit on the side yes and that's what's up the craziest part about them so i love those drinks i, I it's a, i love the pageantry and they taste good obviously mm-hmm. but it's sneaky as fuck because those things are fucking completely they've got like five different alcohols and <laughs> i get bombed i mean bombed beyond all recognition whenever i drink them at any time <laughs> i know Every time I'm like, let's go out for like, like the few times I've gone out specifically to a tiki bar. But if I even see tiki shit on the menu and I have one, I only remember the first one. Yeah. Like I'm sure I had four Mai Tais. I only remember the first one because it's an instantaneous drunkness. So when I was in Austin for that film festival, my friends took me. There's like this brand new tiki bar or newish tiki bar in Austin. And it's in the basement, of course. So you don't know what fucking time it is ever. And it had beautiful drinks. I mean, it was a little... (laughs) There was a lot, a lot of pageantry. Almost to the point where I was like, okay, I just need you to drop off this fucking (laughs) scorpion bowl and I don't need the whole performance. Like a lot of... It was a lot of performance in the servers and I was like, you know, like, you don't have to do all this. It was... It was flowery. But... After I was there, we were there for maybe like, I don't know, two and a half hours. And I, the minute I got up, it was closing time. I got up and I was like, oh, fuck. I, mean, <laughs> I immediately felt it and then had to call an Uber. And it was like, I'm pretty sure I insulted this guy's Tesla because I had never <laughs> ridden in a Tesla before. <laughs> and I was like, I remember like the Tesla pulls up and it, now it tells you when a Tesla's picking you up. I don't know if you know that. I but, did not know that. Like, it's so stupid. It's like Uber or whatever. It's like, your Tesla driver is arriving. I'm like, fuck this. Don't encourage these assholes to drive Thank these you. cars, okay? So I remember, like, the one thing I remember is that the Teslas, the back of a Tesla is, like, really, like, the, the, the windshield comes down really severely to the point where I, like, pretty much got into, like, the fetal position to, like, roll into the backseat of this car. (laughs) It's really tiny to get into. And I just was like... (laughs) I can't believe they're so small because when when you look at one coming at you, I'm like, could that windshield be any bigger? The windshield goes, like, halfway up the roof like a fucking balding head. 
But it's but it's like it's sneaky because you think, wow, what a fucking huge windshield. But then when you get in it, you're like, oh, the, the windshield is like right here. Like the back, <laughs> the back of the car was like right here. And I was like, I hope you don't get over a bump because my head's going through your fucking glass, dude. And I remember like I got into the car and I was doing like this thing and I said, What's up with this car? <laughs> And, like, the guy that drove it was like, uh, what? And I was just like, wow, this this is a Tesla. It's, like, really weird back here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're, you're sitting back there like a praying mantis. <laughs> I know. I was like, Zorak from Space Ghost, like, fuck this fucking car. So that's why I don't drink. I can't do it. Because this oh, happens. Good. So. You go right to the insults. Right to the insults. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, he probably was like, no stars on this bitch. Reported. <laughs> Reported. Also, I got to say, a Tesla as an Uber is equivalent to me of when I would be walking around my neighborhood in L.A. and see a Porsche parked outside of a one-bedroom apartment. Like, you got to prioritize. Yes. Oh, my God. That is something that I thought was so crazy about L.A. was people were driving, like, DeLoreans. Yeah. And <laughs> would live, like, six people in a, in a fucking one-bedroom in West Hollywood. I'm like, what the fuck? What is up with this? This is so what weird. What is going on? What is and and then you're parking it on the street, which is the worst place. Like you do not if you can avoid parking on the street in LA, it's a godsend. Most of us couldn't like our, you know whatever apartment building you're in. Very very rarely do they have off street parking. Right. But so everyone just kind of parks on the street anyway. But the streets are like especially in that West Hollywood area where like if you have two cars par- like a car parked on either side of the street, the street becomes almost undrivable. Like, you can barely get a car down there. Yeah. So you're just asking for someone to smash those mirrors off and fucking bikes to be skidding into them and shit. Like, dude, you gotta be kidding me. When I drove my car back from L.A., like, I finally, like, looked at my car and I was like, oh, this shit's been keyed to fuck. Like, there's, like, bed in places. There's, like, somebody fucking pretty much wrote eat a dick or something. No, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, you know, like, pe- like it's just it's so mangled from living in LA where I was like, yeah. wow, there's so many scratches and indentions and shit. And it was literally just because I parked on the street for so long. Same with me. I got I got my car when it when I shipped it from, from LA and um, it arrived and I'm like, yep, there's a ding on this side. There's a fucking scratch down this side. The fucking, it's, it's unreal. It's just yeah. from parking it on the street. Yeah, it's awful. And people that don't, like, people who have garages, like, don't understand that. Like, they're like, what, my car is pristine all seasons. I don't have maple sap and fucking leaves stuck to it. I don't have eat a dick carved into the trunk. No bugs. No No fucking bugs. Nothing. It's not, like, sun bleached. (laughs) Like, all my fucking fabric inside is all sun bleached and shit. All of your um, parking passes are all fucking... The the plastic has withered and crumbled from the extreme heat. Whenever 
whenever I had to go work on a lot and I would have that parking pass and I would always try to remember to take it out of the window and put it in the glove box because, but you know, you have to leave them on when you're parked in the lot during the day. Right. But I tried to always remember to take it off because I swear it was like leaving it in a fucking easy bake oven over the weekend. If I didn't take it off on a Friday when I got back in on a Monday, I'm like... I don't know if they're going to let me back on because this shit's almost unrecognizable. (laughs) It just melted in the fucking heat of this car. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like I I had one of those um, national park passes that came in this like comes in this like weird plastic envelope and that just like hangs. That shit was fucking literally like it had just like caved in on itself and it was just like mangled plastic nightmare. Oh, my God. I swear. I don't miss it. But that's why I think spending. Spending a lot of money on a car is one of the worst ways to spend your money, if you ask me. I would, it's one of the worst ways to spend your money. Spending a lot of money on a car that you have to park on the street in L.A. while you're living upstairs with seven people yeah. is unreal to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people do it here, too. I mean, that's the craziest part is that, like, there are so many expensive cars here in Atlanta. And these people aren't. They just, they must not be paying rent or they just not, must not be anything. I'm just like, there's no fucking way in hell all these people have a Mercedes. Like, this is just not the mm. reality. But people will be like, dude, I will live <laughs> in a $150 a month fucking abandoned building with like <laughs> 10 of my friends. We had to staple a shower to a wall. Like, we're not. But I have this really sweet fucking car that I get to drive around. It's so oh, dumb. For like so 10 dumb. minutes a day while I go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm always going to put the money into where my fucking body is going to be most of the time. And yeah. it is not in a car. <laughs> yeah, I never felt like so... I never felt so much like intimidation, car intimidation as I did when I lived in LA, where I was just sort of like, God, what a fucking bullshit fucking status thing this is. Like, oh, it's awful. Like, fucking, who, Alfa Romeo, who's, who's driving an Alfa Romeo to fucking Ralph's? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, I've never not driven the, like, 10-year-old Honda Civic with, like, (laughs) the weird cigarette burns and, like... First time I saw a Maserati in L- and it was in LA, of course. And I was at the gas station and this Maserati pulls up and I'm like, you can afford a Maserati. You can't afford to have someone fucking put your gas in it. <laughs> like this lady got out with like the nails and the heels and she was like, didn't want to touch anything. and was kind of like looking around to see if somebody would like pump it for her. And I was like, the fuck, dude? Like, How? How are you affording a Maserati and you can't, you either can't pump your own gas or I I don't know. It was just, it was very confusing to me. The car looked like something out of fucking Star Wars and I didn't like it at all. I just didn't like the whole situation. Yeah. That's how I felt about the Tesla. I was like, this is such, like, I had never ridden in one before. And I was like, this is such a bull. Like, what is this fucking weird space capsule? Like, this is what everybody is like shitting about. This is why... We have goddamn Elon Musk in the world. Like, come on. Like, is he going to sue us if I say (laughs) any of that? Look, anyone can sue you. It doesn't mean they're going to win. Do you want to answer some letters? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like we should. That's what we have this space for. People have been sending us great ones. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read the first one? Yes. 
you know, I'll read it because I feel like it's a very simple answer. But um, okay, we can answer it. Yeah, I we agree. can answer it. So first one is from Sherry. The email is called Behind the Scenes. Hey, ladies, on a lot of the pods, you mentioned behind-the-scenes tidbits that make me curious as to what oral histories and making of docs or articles that you would recommend. I am endlessly interested in that kind of stuff. Love the podcast. Sherry, I I can go ahead and take this one because she mentioned oral histories. Thank you. I'm like, you know damn well all I do is watch the DVD extras. I am not looking up. I, I am not the one to answer this question. Listen, it is not rocket science, Sherry, whatsoever. It's basically like, go to Google, Google the movie with the release year, go down more than four hits, and you will find some oral history that some pop culture website has done for pretty much every movie you've ever loved as a child. Like, that's just, I don't know why that happened. I was like, okay, everyone's doing oral history. That's how I found them. Yeah. It exploded. It exploded. And there's one for for every movie you can think of, I guarantee. Yeah. That made more than like $10 million at the box office. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, you know, I just think it's obviously like film writers that are trying to like do film writing. And they're like, wouldn't it be great if we get like all these people back together to talk about like damn whatever mean girls or whatever? That's basically how I find them is I just Google stuff. I mean, Danielle mentioned the DVD commentaries, which require you to, like, find physical media, but, you know, sometimes places have them. I mean, depending on the service, like Criterion, obviously, Criterion Channel has extras a lot. That's one of my favorites, where I will watch a movie, and they always have, like, interviews with, or not always, but if it's available, and they have interviews with the directors, with the cast, with, you know, someone else, like another director talking about that director, like, those are always more interesting to me. Yeah. um, Because you actually get to learn something new, and, and maybe something that you didn't know about the film, and occasionally they'll even release a film on the Criterion channel that ha- that comes that has a separate commentary track I think like some I've seen it some, sometimes where it's like here's the movie here's the movie with commentary so yeah and what I found the, a lot of the documentaries I find are just like hanging out there I mean I found the urban cowboy one and the uh, pet cemetery one on like Amazon Prime and they just when you when you like look for the film there sometimes they'll pop up but yeah a little secret, I mean, I again, we <laughs> Danielle mentioned this a long time ago, but she was always like hesitant to like promote Wikipedia as a source of um research because it's very lazy and she used to teach grad school. So it's the academic in me, it's the academic. <laughs> yes, exactly. But one thing that I find is like a little like cheat tip is if you go to the like what is it the annotation at the bottom um there's a lot of links to articles and oral histories and that kind of stuff that are like tucked in it's basically like the sources for all the information that's on wikipedia i find a lot of good articles through there so that's smart yeah i like i like that i i do appreciate when they when they annotate because you're like oh this is real it's not just someone who just wrote this because it's wikipedia and you can just edit If you're a Wikipedia editor, you can just write whatever you want. So I do like that they have the links and kind of get the quotes and the where they get the info straight from the source. Um, Now, if Sherry, if you are asking us, like, what's like, what's the best making of documentary you've ever seen, or like, what's the because like the question could be construed in that way as well as like, oh, did you ever just like read one oral history that you're like, you have to read this one? I got nothing. 
the, <laughs> the only um, oral history documentary I will recommend is the four hour Eagles documentary that I watched <laughs> one time. <laughs> if you just, if you really want to know just how power hungry Don Headley and Glenn Fry were. You should watch that documentary. If you want to hear them hire a guy and then make him wash the dishes on the tour van, the tour bus. No. No. (laughs) Watch. Are you fucking kidding me? I swear to God. I feel like the guy that sang I Can't Tell You Why, there's like an interview with him that's like, Oh, yeah, and then I was, like, washing the dishes on the tour bus for a long time or whatever. And I'm like, they made you do that? What a bunch of assholes. Oh, my God. I kind of love it. Holy shit. It's long. I mean, it's fascinating, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, if you you really want to know about something really deeply, that's a good one. (laughs) I can't. I'm laughing. (laughs) I'm laughing. Also, because you remember a few episodes ago where you're like, I guess I kind of like the Eagles or like, I guess and you're like, I also now you're dropping the fucking you buried the lead that you watched a four hour documentary on the Eagles. Look, uh, you know me by this point. Like, <gasps> I cannot stop <laughs> looking for information. I just love the information. Truly. Like, I just love it. And I don't know. I watched it. I watched it. I think it's on. I feel like that one's made. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know where it is now, but it is a beast. If you ever have four <laughs> hours to burn and you give a fuck about the Eagles at all. I was going to say, those those two things have to work together where you have four hours and you really care about the yes. Eagles. <laughs> that is exactly right. Those two mm. things have to occur. Um, hope that answered your question, Sherry. <laughs> yes. Yes, Sherry, thank you for writing in, as always. Now, this next email is from a podcast favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, The subject is Tears for Blackula. (laughs) And it begins, Hello, Millie and Danielle. I was so honored to have you read my letter, Creep Lifetime Achievement Awards, on a bonus episode. My husband and I would be so honored to be part of a quadruple with y'all. Yeah. We could eat dinner together and plan weird movie theme theme parties. We wanted to have a theme party for the 30th anniversary of Point Break, but the plans fell through. Boo. Anyway, in the bonus episode, Danielle said her niche category for the Oscars would be peed a little for movies that made you laugh that maybe shouldn't have made you laugh. It made me wonder... What movies have you seen that elicited a maybe unintended response from you? For instance, I saw the movie Blackula for the first time a couple of months ago, and it got me kind of sad and teary-eyed. Poor Blackula just loved his women, and I don't think the director's intention was to make me cry. Love you both, (laughs) and thanks again, Stephanie. And then Stephanie adds a PS, which is an incredible photo and it is a photo reenactment of the Point Break poster that her husband and sister did. Like, they bought wigs for. So I feel like this, this Point Break party, based on this photo, has to happen. <laughs> and if they do it for the 35th anniversary, we're going. I will be part of this family come hell or high water. <laughs> this photo is so good. 
It's so good. Like, both of them are perfect. Like, both of them are posed perfectly. Perfect wigs, perfect facial hair on the husband. (laughs) (laughs) Smoldering looks. Man. It is perfection. We will be, we will crash this family at some point. Like, the way people used to crash parties, we're going to crash this family and be like, hi, we live here now. We're part of this. (laughs) Oh, God. This is so awesome. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. I'm always, always so excited when you write in. Yes. Um, So, movies that elicited a response that an unintended response from us i'll let you take it away well i got to be honest with you like i mean we we talked about it fairly recently but the omen i mean mm. the omen i cried laughing through the omen like and yeah. i was i was screaming like l- scream laughing my favorite thing to do is scream laugh and i just was like this is supposed to be terrifying and serious, and yet I cannot stop laughing. I just that that movie killed me dead. Like, yeah. and I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I I pretty much forgot everything past the birthday party <laughs> scene, and I just I couldn't believe that people thought it was scary. I was like, this is too funny. So, oh, same. I laughed throughout. Um, I think that. I kind of, I get weirdly sad sometimes when watching a movie if I get really into a character or like, it, it happens a lot with TV as well, as we know from my Six Feet Under spiraling yes. into depression rewatch experience. <laughs> Good Lord. But I watched, um, I, I rewatched Beetlejuice just because I'm like, oh, it's Halloween. So I watched Beetlejuice <laughs> with my grandma a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And the part where they actually die when the dog is balancing on the the beam as after they crash through the bridge. Uh-huh. I kind of got teary because I'm like, where's that dog going? Like, who does he belong to? And what's going to happen to it? Yeah. <laughs> I just got sad thinking about, like, stray dogs in the country. Oh, yeah. I- absolutely. I mean, this shit happens a lot. Like, there, I cry at Dirty Dancing. I mean, I probably shouldn't, but I just do. Like, there's so many movies where I just, like, there are parts that I, like, get really emotional to. So I was like, well, does that count? Because it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I-, I felt like... For me, it's either a like a movie that is really supposed to be like shocking or or scary or something that I think is funny, or like some movie that everybody loves and is really heartfelt and it just makes me mad, right? <laughs> <laughs> like furious. You're like Tuesdays with who? Fuck that fucking guy, <laughs> Maury. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm mean, now, and, I, and I, I'm even like, I can't find even a good example of that. Where, but I know I felt it. Where there's like this movie where everybody just fucking loved it and thought it was so emotional and, and mm-hmm. heartfelt and wonderful. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like, this movie's fucking terrible, and I'm For me, pissed off. It's the Notebook. When people okay. are like, oh my God, the notebook, I get so small. So I've seen it once and I could not turn it off fast enough. Yeah. No emotions in that movie. Oh, but she has dementia. Like, bye. <laughs> it's still not <laughs> enough. So sorry, Gina Rollins and James Garner. It ain't enough. Yeah. Um, I'm literally on my letterbox right now being like, I- I'm sorting by <laughs> the lowest rating. <laughs> 
Which one of these hate watches can I okay. recommend? I gave let's let's see. I gave Fifty Shades Freed from 2018 a half of a star. Damn, I can't even believe you saw it. I uh, I I truly hated that movie and Sex and the City too. I gave half of a star. <laughs> Empire Records. That's a great example for us both, really. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Everyone, like, loves... It's Rex Manning Day. Oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God. Let it go. It wasn't a good movie. Dude, anytime I see... What's that guy's name? Not Holden Caulfield, but Maxwell (laughs) Caulfield. Is that his name? Holden Caulfield. Who's the the lead of that? Or the... He he plays... That's his name. Oh yeah, I Maxwell Caulfield. I think it Caulfield, is Maxwell Caulfield. Right? Anytime like somebody retweets his like fucking Rex Manning Day celebration, I'm like, you need to focus on the best movie you ever made, which is Grease Two, and not this fucking trash. Like, fuck this fucking trash movie that you made. Don't encourage these people to celebrate it. Oh god! In Grease Two, she flies away in a fucking car at the end. Like, come on, let's focus. I need you. Together. I need you to fucking post cool writer photos. Thank of you. you. Come on. You know what I will also say. I tend to have an unintended, but I guess maybe it. I I I'm, I waver on this one because sometimes a song from a movie or a particular like swelling of the music or the score makes me really emotional. Like. In Working Girl, when Let the River Run plays, I get kind of teary. Oh my god, no, that, <laughs> that shit fucking... Comedy. <laughs> that shit keys me up, man. I'm like, damn, this shit is... Emo- this song really hits. It's emotional. Yeah. So that shit always sends me to, so... Yeah. Lots and lots of inappropriate responses. Like, pretty much mostly inappropriate responses to most yes. of the movies. Well, and who can forget, just as, like, the caboose to this epic... Another epic email from Stephanie... Who could forget the time that we went and saw that John Wick 3 and we were just screaming, laughing the entire time and everybody around us is like, what the hell is wrong? Like, no, these two women. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm saying it now. I will go back to the movie theaters when John Wick 4 comes out and we will go together. Dude, I'll fly to wherever <laughs> you are. Because that experience was hilarious. We were just cracking the fuck up. And the yeah. dudes in front of us, I think we told this on the pod before, but the dudes yeah. in front of us, at the end, when they turned around, I thought they were going to be like, we want to kick your ass because you ruined that for us. But they were like, that was made 10 times better with your laughter. Yeah. Oh, I was thrilled. I thought they were going to totally fight us. Like I, Because that's happened to me before, where I've had people yeah. like fucking, when I went and saw, I don't know how, this was so long ago, but I went and saw the... Uh, original Godzilla, like the Japanese yeah. Godzilla. And there was this like super duper serious Godzilla guy in front of us. And, you know, we were just like enjoying the movie. And, you know, like he fucking turned around and was like, shut up. Like, shut up. This isn't funny. I mean, he was like a fucking college kid with a ponytail. <laughs> but, you know, it was like that thing where I was like, I've been talked to before. So I was like, oh, these guys are going to come and fucking give us. A piece of totally. mind. They loved us. They wanted to be our friends. Yep. Well, Stephanie, as per usual, thank you for the reminder that we absolutely need to crash your family. And you just send the best emails that just make, make us laugh and make us think every damn time. So say hello to your sister and your husband for us. And 
my goodness, the idea of you crying at Blackula just makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tender. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, this next one. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say about this one. Wow. Okay. So, um... This will be the last one for the episode, and we're going to go out with a fucking bang. Oh, my goodness. Now, this person was hoping that we would time it so that we could read it before Halloween. That did not happen. Yes. But it's still legit. It is a year-round legit question. So fucking legit. Okay, so this one is um, from Whitney. Uh, She, her pronouns. The name of the email is FMK Stephen King Edition. Hello to... Two of my fave podcast ladies on the planet. Let's get into this immediately in preparation for next week's pod, which we're not doing. Um, fuck, Mary kill, Stephen King edition. We're, we're going to skip the rounds. Can't motherfucking wait. Whitney. Oh, Lord. You ready for this round? round? I, I'm fucking ready. Okay. Um, round one and round two. So there's two rounds. And we got to hit them both pretty hard. Round two, I got to tell tell you, is a real... I, I, we'll get there. But yeah, round one. Fuck, Mary kill. Lewis Creed from Pet Cemetery, Carrie White from Carrie, and Annie Wilkes from Misery. This one's fucking hard. It is real hard. Because I don't want to kill Carrie. Because I feel like she's, she's suffered enough. But I also don't want to fuck or marry Carrie. Yeah. I know. Ooh. Well, go ahead. G- give us your choices. I feel like you have to kill Lewis Creed. Yes. Just because he intentionally fucked with some ancient magic. Mm-hmm. And that's unforgivable. Truly. So if I'm killing Lewis Creed, I'm going to marry Annie Wilkes and fuck Carrie. Wow. 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 I don't feel good about it, but I... Yeah. I I mean, Annie Wilkes is going to be a, a fucking ride of a lifetime being married mm. to her. You don't know yeah. what's coming day to day. Yeah. this God, dude, this is so hard. And I don't even think you'd have to fuck Carrie because she'd be like, I'm religious. And you're like, great, bye. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. Honestly, this, like, I am, I am switching these around. It is, I'm like a fucking dude on the side of the road with a little cup, ball in a cup. I'm like, (laughs) I'm at the magic castle doing up close magic. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay. Here we go. Oh my God. This is hard. All right. I'm going to fuck. It's hard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, oh, I'm almost regretting going on record, but here we go. (laughs) I'm going to fuck Lewis Creed from Pet Cemetery. God damn. Uh, I know. I don't. <laughs> Yo, that dick got me like, I don't know what to say. He's, he's so hot. Like he's, he's so hot. I mean, he is evil as shit and he obviously lies, but I, uh, I uh, but like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta go with your gut. Uh, I know. And this is, this is going to be really tough. Oh, I'm gonna marry Carrie. Uh, and and I and I just think and I I don't because I don't want to kill Carrie either, and I I think being married to Carrie, we're gonna have issues, right? She's got that she's mom? gonna have a lot of emotional baggage, but that in law, 
Yeah. You're going to have Piper Laurie as your goddamn mother-in-law? But hopefully she's strung up with those knives. Like, hopefully she's dead. Like, are we talking about Carrie at the end? This is a good point. If it's the end of the movie, Carrie, I got got it. I feel you. We're going to be in, like, deep, deep fucking couples therapy for a long time. But I feel like she is committed to a, to a degree. And then I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to kill Annie. And I, and I, and honestly, I could marry Annie, like, real easily. Right? I could. Also, I don't know. She'd be hard to kill. Yeah. She's pretty resilient. Oh, yeah. I know. I just don't... Like, to me, I just feel like she has a lot of expectations that I just... I just know... Yeah. It wouldn't, it, you know, if I were to like marry her, it would just be hell. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to piss her off. Like, no oh, fucking definitely, way. Definitely walking on eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. And our marriage is going to be bleak. It's going to be bleak. And I feel like if we fucked, like, she would be so annoying afterwards. Oh. Like, she'd just be like, on my ass. You might as well marry her because she's not going to let it go. Right. It's like, you know, you give them an inch and they take a mile, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. So Annie's that's the obsessive. Yeah, that I don't feel super good about that round, but that's that's me how either. I had to play it. So. I feel a little gross, but let me tell you, round two is going to make you hate me. <laughs> so don't worry. If round one made me feel gross, round two makes me want to walk into the ocean. Oh my god! I truly cannot wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. All right, round two. Final round of the FMK Stephen King edition. Fuck, Mary kill. Pennywise from It, Jack Torrance from The Shining, and Kurt Barlow from Salem's Lot. All right, look, I'm going to fuck Pennywise. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't feel any better about it than you guys do, but it's going to happen because... As per usual, I'm in it for the story, and I feel like if you're fucking him, then you can get him out of the mindset of him trying to kill you every five seconds, or like murder a kid every fucking three seconds in the gutter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, if we're going with new Pennywise, he's a scars guard, so there's a little heat there. Oh, yes. You don't even have to, don't even say it. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) New, New Pennywise could get it. I mm-hmm. feel horrible saying it. I'm definitely going to have an extra therapy session this week, but I'm fucking Pennywise and I'm killing <laughs> Jack Torrance because he's a total fuckboy. We have oh, discussed yeah. this in a full episode. He's mm. got to go. Mm. And I'm marrying Kurt Barlow kind of just out of like, that's the last choice. Like I wouldn't choose to marry him, but I don't want to kill him or fuck him. Yeah. Oh, that is so hard. This is so hard. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I'm fucking Pennywise. I'm killing Jack Torrance and I'm marrying Kurt Barlow. Holy fuck, dude. And it is a shame curtain just washing over me. <laughs> yeah. No, this is like really terrifying. I don't really know. I don't know what to do. This, you Listen, who wrote this email? Whitney. Whitney. You fucking killed me dead. Like I'm, I'm, this is. <laughs> The Sophiest of choices, to be honest. Okay. Which is the hardest choice for you? Mm. Like, which of the three is going to be the hardest for you to choose? Oh, I just... You just want to kill all of them, right? I mean, that's like the whole (laughs) vibe here. So it's like the the other two. Oh, God. What am I doing? (laughs) 
It's like when we had Kurt Braunohler on the podcast and he was like, this is like a legal document or whatever. <laughs> he was like, you, have, you take it so seriously. And I'm like, because of this. I mean, this is just crazy. Oh my God. You're going to like, you're going to fire me, Danielle. I'm just going to say it. You're going to fire Never. me. Never. Just look at my answers from the last two rounds and feel instantly better about yourself because no, none of your answers are going to be bad compared, okay. compared, compared, comparatively. It'll be fine. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to fuck Jack Torrance. Okay. I take it all back. I take it all back. <laughs> no! Apparently there is a wrong answer to this round. Right, I'm not going to shame you. You just keep going. We will discuss. Okay. I'm going to fuck Jack Torrance. I don't want to, but it has to be done. Has to be done. I'm going to marry Pennywise. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. And that obviously means we are killing Kurt from Salem's Lot. Holy shit. I might not ever recover from this. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mary, you're sweating. That was crazy. Marrying Pennywise is a wild decision. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna marinate on this too much because honestly, like oh I, my phone is to my ear. I'm calling therapists right now. <laughs> um, like the the fucking like fucking Jack Torrance is so. It would be so terrible, but it would just like get it out of the way. I don't even have a curiosity to fuck him. I really don't know why. I just am like. Like it's because you I, don't want to fuck Kurt Barlow or Pennywise. Yeah, I mean, I just like take one for the team type of thing with Jack Torrance. Um, oh it'll be a one-and-done scenario, I suppose. Yeah. Now, Pennywise, marrying Pennywise. <laughs> um, um, I, I think it ha- is very much informed by Bill Skarsgård. Let's get serious. Um, also, we're not having kids, right? So... <laughs> Perhaps the best reason to marry Pennywise ever. You cannot, you literally can't have kids anywhere in the vicinity. (laughs) And uh, and honestly, we're killing Kurt Barlow because. He's scary as fuck. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh my god, those teeth. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I gotta me? marry that. I gotta marry that shit. <laughs> Simply because I have a fuck Pennywise and kills Jack Torrance. I gotta marry those teeth. <laughs> <laughs> this is the meanest FMK that has ever been sent to us. We feel personally attacked. This is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Holy shit. This Ooh. might be, I mean, that on record maybe is the hardest one we've ever done. I completely agree. Yeah. Whitney, that that really threw us and wow. <laughs> wow. 
I'm glad we were able to keep this contained to a bonus episode and not throw this one on a guest. Oh, my God. Because, whoo, that was tough. Oh, God, that was rough. But honestly, like, so fucking fun. Like, you, oh, you really got us, Whitney. I love that. That's so yeah. awesome. Oh, uh, Lord. Well. Well, let's go take naps. Good Lord. I know. I feel like I need to, like, just. <laughs> I need to go, like, bathe in the waters of Lake Minnetonka or something. I just feel disgusting. I just feel gross. <laughs> um, well, listen. <laughs> As we always say, Thank you so much for being Wondery Plus subscribers. It means the world to us. We're very appreciative that you spend your hard-earned cash getting these stupid-ass bonus episodes. We love making them, but, you know, like, we love that, you know, you're part of our weird little world. And absolutely, we appreciate it. Um, If you want to email us for bonus and potentially main feed episodes, too, we're at IsawWhatYouDidPod at gmail.com. And we've got some good guests coming up, so you never know. Throw us some good, so throw us some questions. Oh my god! Uh, and you can also find us on our social media at I Saw Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! I, mean, I can't believe that we just did. <laughs> I'm not gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna be up. It'll be like I drank a glass of wine. I'm gonna be up for weeks just thinking about this. Oh my god. Too good. Too good. Danielle, as always, it's a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. Millie, you're the best. (sighs) Thanks again, everyone. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.